we can um, give it a shot. And if we need to start over once or twice, it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Seat Geek, take one. <clears throat> Terrible start. Yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking. Um, Is that my stomach? <clears throat> you like this? Yeah. Seat Geek, take two. Hey, Toby. Hey, Dave. You like going to concerts and stuff, right? Yeah, I do. Do you like going to concerts and stuff? I do. I would love to go to a concert with you. Let's go. How did we get there? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's take three. Seat Geek, take three. Hey, Toby, you like going to concerts and stuff, right? I sure do, Dave. Do you like going to concerts and stuff? I do. I especially like going them. Going <laughs> <Start> them. Take <laughs> seat geek. Seat geek. Take four. Toby, you like going to shows, right? I sure do, Dave. Do you like going to shows? Live concerts are the best. You know what's not the best, though? What's that? Trying to find the right ticket. That is a thing. You have to deal with like the pre-sales, and then you don't get what you want, and then you're having to look on the secondary market, and they're jacking up the prices. Hate it. You're not even sure if you're going to get a legit ticket, if you're going to get frozen out of the, the gate when you get there. I already don't want to go. Well, let me bring you back around and let you know about SeatGeek. Are you aware of SeatGeek? No. What is SeatGeek, Dave? Well, it's uh, designed to make life easier for music fans and sports fans but right now we're talking to music fans it's the place that i go to look for tickets to any game or concert you know why why because it does all of the price comparison for you how does it do that how does it do that dave well it searches multiple ticket sites all at once for you and then to save you time and money mm -hmm. it shows you the best deal on tickets. It gives them a, a a grade on their value. Why would you go anywhere else to get tickets? You shouldn't. You immediately can see if a ticket in the section that you want to sit in is underpriced versus all of the other tickets that are available in that section. And you just click it and boom, you're in. That sounds fantastic. How do we do that? Well, you need to uh, download the SeatGeek app it's uh, in your uh, app store for whatever phone you got. Mm -hmm. Then you go to the settings tab. And, I'm there. Yeah. Then you want to add a promo code because this is the best thing of all. If you are listening to this podcast, we can get you $20 off of your first SeatGeek purchase. Do we get to use that? I don't know if we're eligible to use it. Oh. But if you go to the settings tab... Add promo code and enter the promo code Old Waiver. Yeah. O L D W A V E R. You will get a $20 rebate after your first purchase. I kind of noticed that I had nothing to do with the promo code. Well, they just wanted to keep the promo code simple. Whatever. It's it's not a slight on you at all. We're, don't don't feel like you're being left out. Well, this is going to come up again later, believe me. All right, well, we'll discuss this off the air. But right now, we want to remind our listeners to download the SeatGeek app today 
Enter the promo code OLDWAVER and get a $20 rebate off of any ticket that you buy through the app. It's awesome, and we thank them because they're our sponsor. SeatGeek. Yay! How do you know so much about this? Because I like it, because I read about it. In what? I don't know. The internet. Look it up. Man, you sure do love the web. I do. Second ever high tea with Old Waver. Can you believe it? We've made it this far. Man, I can't believe they're letting us do this again. Episode two. <laughs> the internet is letting us do this again. <laughs> uh, yes, my name is Dave Lane. I am also known as Old Waver on the Twitter, I guess. I, yes. I kind of named myself that. And uh, we are proud to be on the blowout podcast network shout out to those gentlemen and i am joined by toby pipes hi t hello hello how are you and if this is your first adventure with us this is a music podcast of sorts we drink beer while we listen to music and we talk about music and we talk about whatever else we decide to talk about while we're listening to music but the overall concept of the podcast is that uh, I bring three songs, you bring three songs, we trade, we swap songs. Generally, my songs are going to be more current. Your songs generally are going to be more, uh, I don't know, throwbacks, um, lost, or just lost something uh, that, yeah, treasures. That we need to maybe listen to again. And uh, we are... Uh, Drinking beer to kind of lubricate the conversation. Do you want to uh, discuss the first beer right now, or should we wait till after the first jam? No, let's go ahead and, and talk about what you brung, because uh, you kind of went uh, way outside of Texas for this one. I know. My friend um, Bill is um, lived in Michigan for a while, and he turned me on to... Two-Hearted Ale. And it's named after the majestic Two-Hearted River 
in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. And it's got a nice Peninsula. looking fish on the label. Yeah, I thought that that meant that whatever kind of fish this was has two hearts. Oh. But I was wrong. What kind of fish is that? I don't know. Is that like a... Crappie? A, I, a bass? I, I pretty much call every fish a bass. A and trout? Most of the time, I'm, I'm kind of right. I don't know. It looks um, like... It looks like... Oh, let's go with trout. It's an IPA. Uh, and like I've said before on the last podcast, I'm not normally into the hoppy IPA or um, ski vacation brews. But... I like ones that if I find one that I can stand, I like to share it. Well, I like this one. You it's, like it? Um, See, it's not overbearing. Yeah. It it fits your flavor profile for an IPA in that it's not too skunky or yeah. weird. And the aftertaste doesn't um, kick you in the pants. Yeah. Now, the beer that I brought for later, which we'll get into later, mm-hmm. I, I haven't actually had this variety, and so I'm a little bit scared. And so I don't know if it's going to be quite the easy drinking that this is. Oh, you haven't tried the one you... Not that particular version. I've, I've had the beer, but then they do all these special editions of the beer. Mm-hmm. And I've not tried this particular special edition. Well, we took um, pictures this time that we're going to put up on the web, on the worldwide web. Yes. Um, we're, we're getting the hang of this. We're the- trying to figure out all the ways that we can promote the podcast so that people might actually listen to it. Right. Even though we're not really promoting these beers because they're not paying us anything. No, we're just buying them and drinking them. Yeah. Um, but they'll be on the Twitters. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go ahead and, and get into some jams and then we can uh, revisit our conversation. But I wanted to uh, kick things off with, with a tune that I'm not sure that you're going to like. I'm not even sure if I like it. I'm not even sure if I like this album. I'm, I'm not even sure if I like this band. Wow. I'm so glad you brought this. <laughs> but I hope, you, I hope you really enjoy it. No, uh, I think this is, the, this is the best tune on the record. And uh, this, to me, encapsulates this band's sound and their reason for being uh, most concisely of anything on the record. And so this first track... It's off of the new Queens of the Stone Age. It's Mm. uh, the final track off of Villains. It's called The Evil Has Landed. Close. Come close.
Wow. There you go. So that's the second single off of Villains. The Evil Has Landed. I said it was the last track. It's the next to the last track, but it's the last good track. When did this come out? Uh, let's see. Released August 25th. So just a few weeks ago. I like the sounds of it. Like the guitar tones, the drums, all that. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that it's going to need to... It needs multiple listens. Yeah, and that, to me, like I said, that song embodies what I like about Queens of the Stone Age and Josh Homme is that the dude can come up with a riff. He yeah. can, he can He can really make some kick-ass guitar sounds. I just don't know that he's a really solid songwriter. And it, it, throughout the record, as I was listening to it, trying to pick out which song I wanted to play, you know, the, the songs, I guess, maybe are too long. Yeah, I... How long is that song, do you know? Uh, It's, I don't know, like five and a half. Yeah, see, that's... Man, that's... I mean, most, most songs on the record are of kind of that duration. The shortest song is three and a half. I don't know. And I think I mentioned this to you um, in passing, outside the pod. Mm-hmm. That's um, a whole other show. Yeah. That, because um, we've had previous conversations about Mark Ronson. Mm-hmm. Did he do this? He, he was the producer on this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, the, to me, the thing that I like about it are the intro and the outro. I think the the intro is classic, and the outro is yeah, especially as like a, a, a live staple. Yeah, because they they have so many good tunes that are, uh, you know, great live festival shows with you know thousands of people going nuts. Yeah, all I was thinking while I was playing was, man, if this was for the song I'm gonna play next. That song would be like the bully on the playground that would that would beat up the song that I'm about to play. That would shove your song backwards over the seesaw. Yeah, and then walk off and Bleh. yeah, bro. Yeah, that's see, where, I kinda, and you'll see immediately when I play it that. See, last uh, episode one, I brought all synthy tunes, and this time I'm I'm bringing you all guitar-based tunes. You got I'm a theme. Thro- I'm throwing you kind of a. A curveball. Yeah. I mean, I like it. That was definitely a curveball. If we were ever sitting in the back seat of a car and we were trading songs, I really wouldn't think that you would bust out a Queens of the... Or should I just say Queens? A Queens Jam. Yeah, if you want to sound like you know what you're talking about, yeah. just say Queens Jam. So, so we're going to take a hard left turn now? Yeah. Oh, should I go right into the next... Yeah, I think we've exhausted our Josh Homie talk. Yeah, are you still liking your uh, two-hearted pale ale? I'm almost done with it. I'm about to get a second one. Can you tell? Do we want to get dive into your beer next or have another one of these? Let's have another one of these because I, I, I'm not ready. Nice. I'm not, it, I'm not ready for mine yet. Then, Mike, you want to go fishing? It does. It In this uh, studio, it's it's... It's as hot as though we're sitting on a bass boat. I know. We see. We have to turn turn the AC off, or it sounds like a spaceship is landing on the on our heads. 
These are the sacrifices that we make for you, the listener. That's why we podcast make I'm, the big money. I'm pitting out. I'm already pitting out. That's all right. It, I would. I have underboob sweat as of well. All the years of us doing radio, Dave, which is many, um, so many. If you are not pitting out by the end of it, we didn't do our best job. That's true. That's a sign of true effort on my part. Okay. Well, let's play another jam. Um, I really don't want to do a whole lot of setup again. Is this one that I'm supposed to guess or that I will never get? I'm thinking you'll know this band. Okay. Um, Maybe not this track, but I think you know this band. Um, But should we just listen to it or should I say? We'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Just... uh... If I'm let, gonna let me say, go, let me go into this with a with a clear mind and an open heart. Okay. If I would say anything, if you're having trouble with it at all, just stick with it till the drums come in. It's always a good recommendation. How's that? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. got you now it's moving in circles off the ground it's like living in your dreams where everything is easier than it seems the carousel the merry-go-round they make you feel you got no bounds driving in your bumper car you feel you could go so far Fair. There is no safety net when you miss the target. Yeah. 
That did get a whole lot better when the drums kicked in. Yeah, I love that drum sound. And I have no idea who that is. Do you remember, um, well, if you were going to guess a country where this band was from? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know, Belgium? No. Sweden? No. France? There you go. Even though now I'm saying it, I hope they are from France. <laughs> you need me to Google it real quick? <laughs> yeah, Google Google Tahiti 80. Oh, I know them. I do know them. Remember that wallpaper for the soul yeah. record? Yeah. That is that record, and everybody... Um, yeah, they are French. Everybody should have that record. Um, man, I used to... That's one of, It was hard to pick a song off that record. Okay, wallpaper for the soul. Let me look at the cover of that. I don't, I don't think I have that one. Let me, let me look at my iTunes because I know for a fact I have. Yeah. Um, a Tahiti eighty record. Maybe it's not on this computer. Oh, how many computers do you have? Uh, here we go. I have uh, Puzzle and Fosbury. Those are the two. I want to say, was Puzzle the first one? Uh, Let's see. Yes, Puzzle was the first one, then Wallpaper wallpaper for the Soul, then Fosbury. Okay. So I'm missing that one. I have the bookends on either end of it. French bands are doing cool things. Yeah. I mean, it it definitely is very akin to Phoenix. Yeah. What was the name of that tune? um, Funfair. Funfair. (laughs) Yeah. Fun Fair would definitely get its ass kicked by the evil has landed. Yeah, that was uh, that's what I was mentioning on the playground. He, the Fun Fair would be crying in the corner, going "Why?" <laughs> but all the girls would like him. Yeah, all the girls would come over and and use their handkerchiefs to blot the blood off of his mouth. I need to get that one. It's kind of like a uh, you know, there's Air, and then the backup band with Air was Phoenix. Or right. some of the Phoenix guys, and then I think the drummer for this band at one time, I think that's one of the guys, the singers, was drumming on this track, but later on the drummer that played with them has now left, and he plays with Tame Impala. Okay. Tame Impala's Australian, aren't they? They are. Yeah. But you can see how Tame Impala, that's, they might have been influenced by Tahiti 80 a little bit. Uh-huh. There's a little bit of that in there, um, but yeah, really. What is? How does Puzzle sound compared to that? Because this was supposed to be their experimental record. Yeah, dude, I can't even remember. I can't even remember. God, I'm already slurring. Um, too hard at ale. Too hard at ale. It's been so long. I mean, I know. I know that I've liked everything that I've heard, but they're one of those that I've never. Uh, taking a deep dive into mm-hmm. maybe later tonight we just need to have a tahiti, tahiti 80 dance party jesus christ i know you'll be okay it's um seven percent i'm just reading God damn you have yeah you we're, seen, we're have, on we're on beer two of two hearted ale man i you know it really makes me want to go back and listen to a bunch of tahiti 80 it's good I love that whole record. I, have, well, I not, hadn't thought about it in a while, and it came up the other day, and I was like, you know, this would be a good one for podcasting. Yeah, and so the last, their last one was in 2014. It was called Ballroom. you have any idea what that I, one was? I haven't heard anything. When was this? Like 2002 or something? Yes. Three? Wallpaper for the, the Soul was 2002. Okay, I haven't heard anything since. Good Christ. 
I know. It's not like they... I don't know. Do they tour or anything? I don't... Surely they have never played in the United States. There's no way. Well, they'd get beat up. Yeah. <laughs> they would get jumped after every show. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a topic that I want to get into next. Do you want to... Do you but, want to play but, a jam and then get into the topic, or do yeah, you want- I think well, the jam will set up the topic because I'm 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 throwing you a a spitball in addition to throwing you a curveball because it this is a guitar based tune, but it's also a tune by a band that you are in. Oh, and so I went through and listened to the brand new Calhoun record front to back many many times. I mean, I've I've seen. I've seen most all of these songs live innumerable times, but hearing them on wax is a totally different experience. Did you like it? I did like it. It is a great record. It's not as immediate as maybe the uh, past Calhoun records have been. It's a little bit more of a slow burn, mm-hmm. but uh, I picked out my favorite. Oh, this, so, so this is your favorite jam. This is my favorite jam. And so I wanted to play this jam, and then I wanted to kind of pick your brain about how uh, the songwriting process went for this jam. And then I just want to talk to you about your your vast musical resume. I, um, I'm now looking at which song you picked. I still have no idea what it is because... Because you don't know the titles? Yeah, when you're working on a record, you name them stupid, silly things, and they end up on the set list when you play live the same way you've always said them. So this says that it's called Backwards Speed Walker. Yeah, it's a and really... I have no idea what song It's is. a really stupid name for a song, but it's a really great song. Okay. And this is it. How are you? 
Yeah, so you like that one. Yeah! What number is that one on the thing? Oh, God, you would have to ask. I think it's, uh, it's towards the back. Son of a bitch. Hold on. Well, it doesn't matter. So, would you like me to tell you the names that I know that song as? Yeah, okay, so... That song has probably existed for, what, two or three years? Yeah, we went out to, um, well, Tim or Jordan or which whoever has a tune, uh, usually I'll get sent a demo and then we'll work on it for a while. Um, but this time, we kind of kept the demos as is on, not all of them, but if there were just ideas and things like that, we went out to uh, New Mexico to Tim's cabin out there. It's a sweet spot, bro. Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, the whole band worked on the tunes, um, I guess, two different trips. So you had demos, and then they play the demos for everybody, and then you work it out? Yeah, well, there's a there was a few that, we, that Tim and I had worked on ahead of time. But um, most, we kind of wanted the whole band to jam them out, because it was one of those things, Calhoun has a deal that, after the record's recorded and then we play them for like a year, we're always like, well, I wish we could record it now. Right. Now that we have had some time with it and figured out cool shit to do with it. Yeah. So this time that's what we, we tried to work on it like that. And then we um, went to Dallas and sat up in Tatch's studio, Taylor Tatch, and played the songs through uh, for two or three days before we went to Shreveport with Chris Bell at Blade Studio and recorded most of the record um, all at the same time. It's the next to last track, by the way, before Easy Glider. Okay. And Easy Glider is the one that there's the video for, right? Right, yeah. I, right now, I have no idea um, what that song is. Okay, so, so what did Backwards Speedwalker used to be called? Well, when I first got this, this was called Soul Ball Ball. Soul Ball Ball? Well, you know, we have our football Foot, ball. Football ball, yeah. Um, but so it was Soul Ball, and then it went to Soul Ball Ball. And then it went to, um, for some reason, in Freeport, on all the listings of everything, it's called Spellbound. <laughs> okay. Because I think someone just said that, and Chris wrote it down and that's so and you have no idea how it became backward speedwalker no i think right before mastering tim probably just he just named the songs so when we all got everything back we were you know on our set list yeah, it's interesting parentheses that say what we know the song as it's interesting i mean i think perhaps more than most songwriters tim seems to really labor over the name of the song and sometimes the the name of the song has nothing to do with the song yeah well you know because a lot of times you just you name the song the the chorus or the hook like if i was naming that song i would call it uh, it's your truth or something like that oh that's a good name because that i mean i love that hook at the end i love the the big finish yeah um yeah I mean, I'm not hating on Backward Speedwalker. It just, to me, it, it, it's like a bait and switch when you look at that name on the track list and then you listen to the song, it doesn't go together. But yeah. maybe in his mind it does. Tim has a lot of um, inside joke bits just for himself. 
And that's fine. That's great. And so that's okay. And so in, in Calhoun, you play keys and you do background vocals. So are you offering a lot of opinions? Are you bringing parts or are you just kind of filling in the gaps? Um, well, I started off with Calhoun as a producer for the Blue Record. My brother and I. Mm-hmm. I think that's what that record was called. I have no idea. And then um, Nolan and I recorded the Heavy Sugar record. So Heavy Sugar was what year? Tw- oh, uh, 2011, according to my iTunes. Okay. 2011 is the one it came out anyway. And so six years between Heavy Sugar and Football Night in America. I know there was an EP in there, but yeah. as far as full lengths go. And when we saw you guys play one of the big uh, release shows, you guys opened up for The Fix at Granada. Yes. And my girlfriend bought a t-shirt. All right. And it wasn't until we got home that I realized I looked at the t-shirt and it's, you know, it's got it's like a big uh, you know, kind of a seal with a, a Texas star in the middle and it has uh, you know, Calhoun, Fort Worth, Texas. What color is foot, it? It's white with okay. with gold lettering. What were the choices? And it, I don't remember. And it has, you know, football night in America, whatever. And then it has 2016 on it. <laughs> so how long were you guys sitting on this record? For a really long time. This thing was has been done. Man, I want to say since last November. So almost a full year, just in the can yeah and it might be longer than that so why why the wait um I don't know laziness yeah right so you know well I really I really and I'm not just like sucking your cock because because I love you that escalated quickly and because we do a a podcast together but uh I do really like the record I do think it's I think it's a great collection of songs and like I said, it's it's a it's a slow burn. We it's, tried to keep them all short and sweet. Could you tell? Yeah, I mean the the longest song is the is that uh, well the art art of mindfulness is a couple seconds longer than backwards speedwalker. But yeah, most of them are three three and a half minute pop pop songs. Yeah, I think the whole thing only lasts like twenty eight minutes. Yeah, so maybe uh, Queens needs to take a lesson from Calhoun. They'd probably beat us up on the playground too, <laughs> right? All right, um, so where are we going next? Where do you want to lead me? Um, well, Is this another one that I'm going to have no idea about? I don't know. I can't remember if we've ever talked about this band or not. But this band got completely looked over, and I thought that they were really good. And the members of the band are all real people. Real people? Like they play with a lot of... I'll get into that after the tune. All right, Toby, play uh-huh. that tune. Like weird setup. Sorry. All right, here we go. Sex and- 
is love what what is your what's your first thought of that i don't know i mean you mentioned um the psychedelic furs before we played it not in reference to that song but that's what it reminds me of it's what year would you think that's from <sighs> mm, i don't know Late no. night, late nineties. I'm saying, yeah, I think it's like 2000, 2001. Who that? It's a band called I Am a Robot. Like I M A. Robot. Yeah, I I remember the name. I don't think I ever listened to them. Yeah, for, I mean, the record sounds amazing. It's kind of like this Devo meets Suede. <laughs> I can see that kind of situation. But the bass player, like everyone in the band, it's kind of one of those jellyfish things that everyone in the band is legit. So the drummer and the bass player at one point, and I think maybe still are in Beck. Oh, okay. Yeah. Beck always has a really tight band. Yeah. And I think, and they're not in I'm a Robot anymore. I'm not even sure I'm a Robot still a thing. I'll look it up. But, um, what's, what's the name of the song? That was called uh, Scream. Scream. Um, I think the name of that You've record is... You've been listening is to Scream <laughs> by I'm a Robot. I think the name of that record is called Dynamite or something like that. They had two or three other songs on it that were bigger. Um, that were actually on the radio and stuff. But, yeah. So the drummer... Because Beck's band was also... When I think the Phoenix guys were gone, was Air's backup band. See how we just went full circle there? It's so full circle. Um, I'm so good at radio. So, well, this is podcasting, but it translates. Surely so someone's going to put this uh, on yeah, the, radio. Their self-titled d- debut was in 03. Oh, was that? So this is like 03? Yeah. Okay. Is and, this and from then, that record? I don't know. I don't know. Well, look at the track list. Some bitch. Uh, yes. Scream is track four off of I'm a Robot's debut record. There should be a song on there called Song One, Song Number One. Uh huh. And is that the prequel to Blur's Song Two? <laughs> this was way after that, right? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, um, so they, they only have three records. They have a, another one in 06 called Monument to the Masses. Uh-huh. And then in uh, 2010, Another Man's Treasure. Mon- the title Monument for the Masses has to be a, a tip of the hat to Depeche Mode, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Really important and really amazing. Oh, I th- this is one of those bands that made a mistake because the you know bands back then used to have the bonus track. Mm-hmm. They have a bonus track called "Ex Girlfriend Black Jetta," like you know the car, right? The Jenna, and it's their best song. And they hit it on the end of a CD. It's. If you listen to the last song and you let it play two minutes after the last song, Ex-Girlfriend Black Jetta comes on. You can look it up on YouTube. It's it's their best number. Or their catchiest, you know, you won't forget it. Right. How do you feel about that? Because that, I noticed that as an element in the Queens of the Stone Age record. They have that? No, they, they don't have a hidden track. At least I don't think they do. But they do have... Kind of uh, interstitials, mu- musical interludes between songs. It's still relevant when you're looking at a, a track list on your your digital music player as opposed to your CD player. Right. But you know how some bands would have those kind of uh, m- you know uh, instrumental tracks in between tracks, but they would give them their own track number. Right. And I always thought that that was really stupid. Yeah, well, the when the CD came along, it kind of made it a lot more difficult. Right. I mean, when it's an album, it's just a continuous. It's a side. Thing. Yeah. But uh-huh. yeah, when you're when you're trying to sequence an album and you're trying to put it on CD or put it on iTunes or whatever, I guess you have to make the decision: Are these little musical interludes? tracks of their own or are they the head of a track or are they the tail of a track and so the way they did it on the the queen's record is it was the tail of a track so you would hear the end of a song then you would hear a little instrumental bit 30 seconds and then the next song would start oh, okay see this song had or this record has it listed even in what 2003 yes that it has the last song listed and then has parentheses. That was stupid. Black Jetta at the end of it. Why would you do that? See, I don't I, I don't know if they had it back then or if you put it in your iTunes now, now it says it. Right, if I downloaded it, if it would say... Well, let's see, how, how many... It's on that record? I don't yeah. see... I don't see Ex-Girlfriend Black Jetta on that I'm a Robot debut record that's how hidden it is oh here we go the hidden track black jettas is appended to the last song after a period of silence on both the uk american and japanese releases see? stupid see how hidden it was it was right there in front of you and you it's still the, yeah find it's it. stupid it's like a treasure chest no but i i get the hidden song but usually it's like some weird number but you can't hide the hit no if that's your best song why, why do you want to tack it on to I, the end of the record after everybody's already put it away? Yeah, I don't think they realized. I think that they thought it was a silly, stupid song. But when you listen to it, it's, it's easily their catchiest tune. 
we'll listen to it on the um what's the other show called off the pod yeah our off the pod late night yeah. jam session you called it something a minute ago that was i don't good. remember um by the way we've switched beers we have switched beers and <laughs> if you can imagine what what was uh what was the two-hearted ale it was seven and a half percent yeah and this we've we've now ramped up to uh 9.1 god help us uh this is lakewood coconut temptress so anyone who's listening in the dallas fort worth area is no doubt familiar with lakewood temptress they're from garland yeah they're named lakewood but they're from garland um but yeah so they do um variations of the temptress you know they do uh different uh like bourbon casks and they do it with different uh flavors and additives and whatever and i saw this at the store i'm not a huge fan of the temptress it's a little much for me it's an imperial milk stout and you haven't tried this one till now. And I have not tried this one till so, just now. So far on this podcast, you've taken two major chances. Yes, I have. And uh, so this is the Coconut Temptress. It's from their Seduction series. And uh, is it seducing your mouth? I like it. I, I'm one of those people that hates uh, like a coconut cake. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I can't eat. It's just... See, I'm real weird about coconut. Um, but I like a uh, piña colada. I do like a piña colada. We so do have here, a, a... Here's my thing about coconut. Okay, go ahead. I I hate like shaved coconut. I hate the texture of actual coconut. So I can't eat a Mounds or an Almond Joy. I can't eat any kind of cake with... Uh, coconut on it. I can't eat a uh, fucking macaroon. Do they still make mounds and almond joy? I guess so. One of the best. So, somebody, somebody will stock that at Halloween and disappoint every child that comes to the door. It's the beating, but great commercial song. Well, sure, but it has coconut in it, so therefore it's terrible. Mounds don't. Um, now, as you mentioned, the pina colada. That's good. Good. Um, coconut milk is fine. Uh, curry with coconut milk is great. Great. It, when you get into maybe like uh, artificial coconut flavor where it starts to taste like suntan lotion, that's where I have to draw the line. But this uh, this liquid temptress, it's, uh, I mean, it definitely tastes like coconut. Because they tastes they like use coconut. it's funny you mentioned the um, suntan lotion. It has a little of that in it, but it's not a little it's, bit. It's not overpowered. It's like you're licking the back of a hot girl, which is not disappointing. Sort of. Um, it's a milk stout with coconut in it. So is it coconut milk? No, I mean, that, that's just the class of beer that it is, the milk stout. I don't know that that really means it has milk in it. Does she let, have ice me, skates let, on on the label, or look. are those flip-flops? You talking about the logo? Yeah, the label. I think she's, yeah, I think she's wearing flip-flops. Because nice. she's wearing, like, a grass skirt and a lay. Oh, I see now. 
and a flower in her hair. Toes in the sand. Looks like she's really, really hot and really ready to go. Can't see her face. It's okay. Just use your imagination. Oh my god. Did you see the pears well with? No. You'll love that. Where am I supposed to look? Oh. Coconut cream pie. Which might be too coconut. Why yeah, would that's you go way coconut too, Why would you coconut? double up on your coconut? Lava cake. I can see that. What is lava cake? That's like the the uh, molten chocolate, like the little chocolate cake you cut into it, and the center is all uh, molten. Like lava. Like lava. Yes. I can see, see that. Totally now makes that makes sense. sense. Now. Yeah. And ukuleles. They say it goes well with ukulele. It's funny. I hate that bit. The last little bit. Yeah. But it's good. It is good. Shout out to uh, Lakewood Brewing Company. Yes, and their Temptress Coconut. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you wanted to talk, before we get into my final track, we have two more tunes to go on this episode. Oh, we wanted to, I wanted to ask you You wanted you to ask me talk. a dad question. All right, I do have a question because this is coming up for me. How Clara is how old? Seven. She's seven. All right, Pace is six. That's... And These they're, they're like they're like the same kid. We've, yes. As as much as people who listen to this show probably think that, oh my gosh, they're like best friends, and they sound so great together. They have such chemistry. They they must uh, vacation together every summer and talk on the phone every night. And they're so cute and handsome. And I love them so much. I'm just paraphrasing what people are saying as they're listening to this. Are you talking about me and you? Yes, pe- oh, yeah. people listening to us. This I is what, this is what they're thinking. Felt like that's what you were talking. About. But uh, you might not realize as you're listening to the fantastic chemistry that Toby and I have that we have yet, in seven years or six and a half years, gotten our daughters together. This is together. not true. It's not true. Oh, one time. I have pictures. One time, uh, but Craig's- they but but they were like. They were like two. They don't even remember. Yeah. That was back when Craig used to let kids come to the house. Remember that? Right. Before they started trashing the place. Although, really, dogs trash his place more than kids. I know, but he hates kids. He does hate kids. Um, well, here's my question. Okay. And this is a full-on... And we can cut this out. If it's, <laughs> if it's boring. <laughs> okay. But this is a true, because this is coming up a lot for me, and you'll understand immediately, because I know it just happened with Clara again. How do you handle the tooth fairy? I let mom do it. See, I have an out. You don't handle any of the tooth fairy money? Not yet. Well, say, how much, what would you do there? See, you are still with... Wife. With uh, Pacey's mom. Whereas I am not with my daughter's mom. And so... But when she lost her tooth, she lost last because you threw a thing at her head. <laughs> yes, it was in the pool. I threw a, a uh, inner tube over her head and it knocked her tooth out. It but sounds it was, worse it was, than it is. It was on the verge of coming out anyway. It looked like she had, fine. It looked like she had just been in an MMA fight. She was bleeding from the mouth. Blood running down her chin, blood on her hand. What kind of inner tube was this? Like a Guadalupe River, like no, it was just it was just a little kid's. It was just a little kid's inner tube, but uh, it smacked her real good, 
And uh, were you trying to loop it over? Her head? I was trying. Yes, I was trying okay. to. Uh, I was trying to ring the the horseshoe. And so she caught the tooth, and we uh, we put a compress on the the gaping hole in her mouth and was pool day over instantly or did you kind of no no we went oh, see, we, i would say Pace I had, would immediately I, go well i'm not leaving yeah uh, we we had a uh, a ziploc bag in the bag tooth in ziploc yeah so tooth goes in the ziploc and we go back in the pool as soon as the bleeding was under control and everything was fine <laughs> but she said that she want i mean i gave it to her the option i said do you want to uh, you know, have the tooth fairy come to daddy's house, or do you want to wait and show mommy the tooth, and then the tooth fairy can come there? And she's like, I want mommy to see it because it was one of the front two teeth. Yeah, you gotta have mom maybe see maybe if too. it was you know a random spare tooth like a bicuspid or something. Then I don't want to get into saying which one is the important tooth because yeah, we don't want to get. But I, I I gave her the option, and she decided that she wanted to take it to mom's, and then therefore the tooth fairy would come there okay so that I'm, makes ki- sense. I'm kind of off the hook so what so you have you discussed with her because this is what i'm getting at is when you were a kid how much do you get for a tooth i i probably got a quarter i don't know i think she gets a dollar now okay so a dollar i think a dollar is kind of the going rate okay i don't know well that's that was the but, but to me the the tooth fairy is the weak link in the chain. That of all fairies. Well, I'm just talking about your uh, childhood naivete, your your belief. That's the one you blow off first. That when you're a kid and you're assessing the pros and cons of the Easter Bunny and the tooth fairy and Santa Claus, that. You can punch holes in the Tooth Fairy more easily. I mean, I I guess the Easter Bunny probably is the most far-fetched, but for some reason, I think that most kids figure out the Tooth Fairy first, and then it's kind of a a dominoes after that. It is sort of a B-team holiday. I mean, uh, Easter? No, uh, Tooth Fairy. So so Christian of you. The, res- the resurrection of our Savior is a B-team holiday. No, I meant I said the Tooth Fairy. Thank God. That is not even Thank a holiday. Thank God that's what you meant. Things have really taken a turn on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's all I wanted to know is I'm asking... How much to pay? It's prices. I don't know. Because I think that it has... Um, Inflation hits everything. It does. I don't, I don't know if... Uh, my, there, there may be people that are paying like five bucks for for a uh, a tooth these days i wonder if you pay more for a more important tooth not that the, it, not that a tooth is more important than any other tooth i don't want to i think they should all be the same can't get if it's a molar if it's a if it's a bicuspid if it's one of those spare little dagger teeth at the bottom how old do you get before your when your teeth finish falling out which is such a weird thing it is a weird thing. Does that happen to all animals? Do dogs do that? Yeah, dogs lose their baby teeth. They do? I guess. Do you give them anything? No. Do cats lose their baby teeth? You're asking me so many questions. Well, I'm um, like, is this an animal? Like, why do we... Our teeth fall out. Because... 
because when when you have a tiny little head, you can't fit a human, a grown human sized tooth in in the tiny little head. Can you imagine trying to eat like a ribeye with your baby teeth? That's your theory on this. It's the size of your head. Yes, because your your teeth are to scale with your head. So what does that mean? That they your teeth can't grow. Like you, you your teeth can't expand as your head grows. So you have to dump out the original set of teeth and get a fresh set of choppers well, so you can eat some ribeye. I forgot whose tune is it now. It's my tune. And it's my last tune, and I, I saved the best for last. No disrespect to Calhoun. Is it going to be another bully song? No. This song is, uh, to me, I mean, I guess it's probably a, um, it's talking about weighty subjects because the, the name of the tune is Pain, but I think it does so in an uplifting way. It talks about pain in an uplifting way. Yes. Um, so let's listen to it, well, shall hold we? Hold on. Let me get a better setup. All right. So I want you to uh, think about when all your teeth fell out, how that felt, and listen to this track called Pain.
So that's like a new Brian Adams single? <laughs> I didn't know he was still... I mean, it's pretty relevant Brian Adams song. It is not Brian Adams. It's not Brian Adams. Do you, do you have another guess? You have to admit a little bit... There's uh, there, The vocal quality, yes, I can see. If someone told you beforehand, Brian Adams has a new song, you want to hear it? And they played that, you would go, okay. Um... Is that one of those like morning my morning jacket bands? I mean, I guess the name is similar to that. Like a you know, one of those bands. Who is it? It's the War on Drugs. Drugs yeah. They're the same band, aren't they? No, they're not. Are you uh, sure they're not the My Morning Jacket is from what, Georgia, Athens, or Atlanta? Okay. Um The War on Drugs is from Philadelphia. Oh wow! And so the the main dude, he's basically the the whole band, is uh, Adam Grandisil, and he and Kurt Vile. Have you heard of Kurt Vile? Yes. They started the War on Drugs together. Kurt Vile is in the War on Drugs. Was at the beginning. Okay. Now it's pretty much uh, Adam's thing by himself. I mean, he's got his players, but pretty much his thing. What people really love. Yes, and so yeah, they just uh, put out their fourth record called "A Deeper Understanding," and so that was "Pain." I guess the second single off of the record, and I I brought the vinyl for us to listen to in our our late night jam session. Okay, uh, because it was so hard to choose. Now, the thing about you love this record. I do. I love it so much, and. It's hard to. Uh, th- they occasionally get into same songness. You know, there's not, I guess, a whole lot of range in his repertoire. Repertoire. But um, he's such a good player, and there's something about the way he puts a song together. Everybody compares him to. Uh, Bob Dylan or Bruce Springsteen you know just the I guess the singer songwriter attitude I don't know if he's at that point I don't know a lot of people that's if you read reviews of of this record and war on drugs in general the first paragraph will either call out Bob Dylan or Bruce Springsteen really yes but the thing that I guess I, I would compare it to, or the reason that I like it, it reminds me of Built to Spill. Okay. In that he writes guitar symphonies. You know, that there are multiple guitar parts. As soon as you think that there can't be a cooler guitar part, then the guitar part that you're listening to fades into the background and a new, more kick-ass guitar part comes in. And I just, I think that he has a real gift of uh, putting you in a, in a place. So you've seen these guys, obviously. Because... I've not seen them live, but I, this is the... And you really like them. This is the third record. I, I don't have their first is record. Is it just him? Does he play everything? He pretty much plays everything on the record. Oh. Um, this is the third record of theirs that I have. 
and I love all of them, but this is by far my favorite of the three that I have. And man, so they've I, been I, around I, since when? Like um, early 2000s. Early 2000s is when he did the first record with Kurt Vile, but then um, I guess when it was officially his band, the first album that was just him was uh, Slave Ambient, and that was 2008. Slave Ambient? Yeah. How do you know so much about this? Because I like it, because I read about it. In what? I don't know. The internet. Look it up. Man, you sure do love the web. I do. Um, But no, I don't hate it, and you want to know why? Why? Because I don't hate Brian Adams. You know what? No one should hate Brian Adams. I just... I I don't hate Ryan. I guess I, be, I guess because of Ryan Adams, like Summer of '69 became a punchline. Why is that? I don't understand. Because for the longest time, people would whip Ryan Adams' ass at his shows by screaming out and requesting Summer of '69. It'll be the best song he's played at the show. Uh, I I can't remember if he ever actually covered it. I know that he was always... He used to be super pissed off. I think he probably is a little bit more chill about it now. But people need to... um, He seems like an angry dude. He does. But people need to uh, hold a special place in their heart for Brian Adams. Because he is genius, is he not? Yeah, but he's not dead or anything. He's still doing stuff. Did you think Brian Adams was dead? No. Oh. No, he's not dead. No, we just listened to his new song. (laughs) We just listened. And man, he is just he's, as relevant he's as, shredded. Ever, as ever. He's awesome. No, actually, I really, I do not mind um, that at all. Okay, so we... I will tell you this, though. One of our friends, who I have spoken to recently, absolutely hates that record. Hates War on Drugs? The War on Drugs new record. But that doesn't mean anything. Everyone who, who is that have, person? I'm I need, not gonna a, tell I need you. to give them a talking to. No, I'm not going to tell you. It's Tim, isn't it? No, it's not. Even though Tim it's does ding, it's hate Dingu. everything. <laughs> it's Jordan. It's Nolan. Man, I really wish right now it was Dingo. Um, no, it's none of those people. But um, we're not going to get into that because people don't have to like everything. It's okay. That's, the, what, uh, that's this, what this podcast this is podcast about. This podcast is about exposing you and me and to, the listeners to, to new, new things. things that broaden your horizons. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. Maybe it makes you... Uh, think about something else and you enjoy that more than you enjoy the thing that we played it's fine doesn't matter i don't care the next song that i'm about to play i know that you know it and it's i'm just playing it just because i like it what do you think about that i better fucking like it i know you'll like it because if you were alive if you were if you were alive in 1990 through 1994 you had, that was the prime of my life. You had this CD. I was crushing it. Even though this band wasn't huge. I mean, they were huge in England and a bunch of other places. And they were pretty big in America. But for some reason, everyone had this record. Play it. I was about to ask if you have a guess for it, but there weren't seemed to be a lot of bands with <laughs> Yeah, narrow it down a little bit if you want me to guess. I can't wait to see your... Face your excitement when I play this next jam. Okay, I'm right. a, I'm ready. Here it is, another tune. Mm-hmm. 
backwards All the sheep will have two heads A Thursday night and Friday will be on Tuesday night instead And all the times will keep on changing And the movement will increase And there's something about the living bit That sends me off my feet There's bleeding in the sewers And the rats are on their way The clowning of the images of my perfect day Who's the main dude in that? Name is like a uh, Wallinger, Carl. Is it like Carl Wallinger? But he, um, man, if you were, yeah, Carl Wallinger after he left the Water Boys. The Water Boys. Yeah. Can you believe a, he was in the band the water? that I've never gotten into that I don't understand? But they're some band that everyone. Like they influenced a lot of things, the Water Boys. You know what? I don't know that I ever had any World Party, but that they were in heavy rotation on the edge back in the day, and I would never punched out. I really enjoyed all of their hits. All, they they had three or four in the early nineties. Yeah, remember Ship of Fools was on their first yeah record, and then they had the put the message in the box. Remember that? No. Why'd you laugh at that? Because the way you said it. Well, it's hard to sing it over this awesome music band. Um. Yeah, everybody I knew had the Goodbye Jumbo record. So if you don't have it, you should get it. It's great from beginning to end. Yeah, I was saying. Well, I was saying while it was playing that uh, it's one of those that I see every once in a while while I'm crate digging at half price books or wherever and i need to just step up and buy it the album you see a vinyl of goodbye jumbo i see a vinyl of uh let's see um no i guess it's probably yeah it's probably the private revolution the first one yeah 
Yeah, but no, I I have not seen Goodbye Jumbo at at the used bookstore. Great record, um, and I just wanted to play it just because. I, that's one of those that I haven't thought about in forever, and it might send me down a wormhole that I might never come out of. Yeah, get back into it. He had a brain aneurysm at some point and couldn't sing, like couldn't talk. So that's the happy ending that we wanted to talk no, about. No, no, no. He came back. And that's the happy ending that we wanted to talk about. His, his comeback was at South By. He had a, that he had should a be com- everybody's comeback. He had a com- No, it shouldn't. It's terrible. He had a comeback show there, and then he has gone on ever since. But I think in between, he was doing this. The rumors were that he was trying to re-record the Beatles records exactly the way they did them before. What's the point of that? That that's already been done. It's like painting You're, your room exactly the same color it was before. Yeah, but it's not like there is a uh, a scuff mark on the wall of "Let It Be" is that, that needs to be covered up. We can't get into that. Oh, did you hear the cat? It's so hot in here. It is so hot. I'm dying. I'm okay. sweating my tits off. We seriously need to end the show. Can we please just play the outro? Okay, we're going to play the outro. I fr- um, Hold on. Cue it up, bitch. Man, first of all, we... the uh, Let me turn our music. Why is that so comfortable? <laughs> it makes things feel so much better. All right, so we're... So you want to end the show. Wrap it up. We need to wrap it up. We need to save some of this gold for tomorrow. Because not only do you get episode two this month of High Tea with Old Waver, you get a bonus preview of the Depeche Mode concert on September 22nd at Starplex and the Front 242 concert the 24th at Granada. We're going to be at both of those. We will talk about both of those, I'm sure, in episode three. Yes. So uh, thank you for being a loyal listener to this dumb podcast. Toby and I both love you so very much.